to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Okay, now, this morning, I'll be going into a topic, and I'll be a bit quick about it. Now, for you to understand what I'm going to teach, you need to have at least an understanding of the Ark of the Covenant. If there is a message I have taught before, it's the tabernacle. I taught it in 2019, I taught it in 2020. We even have a song about it. So I'm not going to go into details. But I want you to understand that you can get a picture by looking at the Ark of the Covenant and the Tabernacle. And do we have the photos? Yeah, let me have a photo of the Tabernacle. Just for the sake of those who've never been there. And um, I'll see if the response we get is that a lot of people have never actually been there in those teachings. I've got some well-organized notes. I can make it a diamante. I've got, like literally, I have everything I, I taught. Kill the lights. So, um, which should be the automatic response when we show a picture. So this is an example of the tabernacle. God, God decided that he still wanted to he still wanted to interact with his people and so he told them to build a tabernacle and this would be a tabernacle of his presence praise god and there are a few parts that you must so this part is the gate okay the gate had four colors and the gate was called the way. Okay? The gate was called the way. It had four colors. It had scarlet, it had white, it had uh, is it purple? And it had blue, right? And if I'm not mistaken uh, purple of the book of Mark and no, Matthew if I'm not mistaken, white is symbolic of the book of Mark, scarlet, the book of Luke, and blue, the book of John, and also symbolic of the four living creatures, right? 
the first one being the face of a lion, the second living creature being the face of an ox, the third living creature being a face of a man, and the fourth living creature being a face of an eagle. All those are connected. They are also connected to the four spices which were made for the anointing oil. I also did a teaching on that. I've got it well written down. If you want, it can be a DMT as well. So do you guys think we need a few DMTs on this? If you don't know what a DMT is, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? But it would have to be a few weeks from now because I already have DMT for the next two weeks. And then, just for purpose of understanding, there were a few parts which you'll see in the next slide, but this is the basin and the like. And then this door, that's, have you ever heard, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's the gate. And then this part, those are now the courts. So I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. So David was literally saying, when I'm on my way, this is the way I'll go. I hope you're hearing. I hope you're not about to pray. I will rejoice for years. You know here we like singing. We'll stop everything we're doing. And then this, the, uh, the gate, the door, the door was called truth. Okay? And then this part, that's the, the veil. The veil. And the veil was called life. So when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. And then behind the veil was where the Ark of the Covenant was. That's where the presence of God would be. And they would hear a wind blowing. And so they would say, the Ruach Hagodesh, meaning the spirit of the holies. Because that was the holy of holies. So when you're singing, I enter the holy of holies. I enter by the blood of the Lamb. It's because the priest could, the high priest could enter the holy of holies once a year. With a bell tied and a chain turned around his leg. In case he didn't meet the requirements well and the presence of God killed him. Then they'll pull him out. But I want you to imagine the picture of a young boy asking, Dad, what's behind the veil? Imagine how afraid they were of the Ruach HaKodesh. So, Jesus was saying, I am the gate, I am the door, I am the veil. That's what he was saying. And then no one gets to the Father except through me. So the only way to get to the Father is that the veil had to be torn. Okay? Let me just show you the next parts. Give me the next slide. I've not even yet started teaching. You just need to understand this to understand the sermon. Okay. Next part. So these are the parts. There is the gate, the outer court, the bronzen altar, this is where now you slay uh, the sacrifice you have. Not from inside. That's why Jesus wasn't crucified in Jerusalem. He had to be taken outside. Okay? And then the liver, this is where you would now wash. 
Okay? So it's not we, the issue of washing your hands before entering church didn't start now. Okay? So the liver they would wash. Praise God. And that's symbolic of. So we can already tell that the gate is Jesus, is the way. And then we can tell that the, the, the altar where you would slay the lamb is symbolic of uh, the cross where Jesus was slain. And then the water is symbolic of the word. Because in Ephesians we are taught being washed by the water of his word. That's Ephesians 5.26. And then we find the door. And then inside the door you find the golden lampstand, light of the world. And then you find the table of showbread. Uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Also, I am the bread of life. And then you find the altar of incense, prayer, right? And then when you go behind the veil, you find the Ark of the Covenant, and there was a mercy seat, and it was, in, and it was surrounded by two cherubims. Praise God. That's just a revision. If you want, we can do a DMT on this. Should we? Okay, you want to have the notes that when you're invited somewhere, you'll say, now I'm going to show you on the tabernacle. Now, what we must understand is that the tabernacle was all pointing to one person. John 1 verse 14. John 1 verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Give it to me from the Amplified. The Word, Christ, became flesh, human incarnate, and tabernacled among us. So Jesus, like the tabernacle of God was set up in a body named Jesus. And you notice that the tabernacle was designed as you and me. How do we know? Spirit, soul, body. Outer court, inner court, holy of holies. It was designed, God always designed that the tabernacle should be you and I. Now the last part was called the veil. Is that Gertrude? It's been so long. Okay, now everyone else who it's been long want me to say is that. It's just, no, it's just been a while. Praise God. Glad to see you. You're back from the copper belt. Okay, when I'm about to go there. So, the word <laughs> and tabernacle among us. Jesus tabernacle among us. And you and I are a tabernacle. That's why when the apostle Peter was about to depart the earth, he says, seeing as I'm about to leave this tabernacle. That's not the story for today. Now, I want you to understand that the last part was called the veil. And just to show you that the veil was symbolic of... Um, his prayers of, of Jesus. I want you to see Hebrews 10, verse 19. Hebrews 10, verse 19. And give it to me from the Amplified. It says, Therefore, brethren, since we have full freedom and confidence to enter into the Holy of Holies by the power of and virtue in the blood of Jesus. No, no, don't switch. I've got power now. By this fresh 
a new living way which he initiated and dedicated and opened for us through the separating curtain which is the veil of the holy of holies that is through his flesh. So you can clearly see that it's not somebody cooking up a revelation. The veil was symbolic of the flesh of Jesus. And so the moment the flesh was opened, we now have access to interact with the one who's in the Holy of Holies. And I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, look at 2 Corinthians 3 verse 15. Ah, this verse touches me whenever I see it. Give it from the New King James. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 15. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 15. Do we have it? And I want us to read it together. One, two, three, go. Wait, let's go back. It says, even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Imagine living life with a veil. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit. So who is the one who smashes the veil when you turn to the Lord? It's the spirit. And it says the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So our life is no longer trying to go behind the veil. This is now our life, the next verse. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. As we keep interacting with the one behind the veil, we become more like him. That's why when Moses would come down, his face was glowing. That's why some people can't stand you. They just can't stand you. When Moses came and his face was glowing, they asked him to cover it up. Why? That's why some people can't stand if you are in pick and pay and just began to speak in tongues. It's too, it's, it's too bright for them. Their faces are veiled. That's why they can't stand your faith confessions. They can't stand your way of life. They can't stand that holy life you're living. Praise God. Now, my point here was just bringing us to a place where we realize that that ark is now in us and we are that tabernacle. That is why the Apostle Paul could correct sexual immorality by saying the following. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Let's start from verse 17. Praise God. Verse 17. It says, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Uh, please don't be changing. Don't be going forward or back. I'll be doing it. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Next verse. Or do you not know 
that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. Do you know? And you know what I see from this verse? These guys were living a lower standard of life because they did not know. They were not acknowledging whose they were and what their body now were, was. And he says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And it's interesting that their body didn't stop being the temple when they were doing foolish things. That is both interesting and scary. Because it means they were different from the people in the world. Them, they were profaning the temple. So that's why he, he tells them, like, what? Are you not aware of what you've become now? Praise God. So my body is a temple of the Spirit. Now, having understood that the ark is inside of you, this morning I want us to emphasize just one aspect of the Holy Spirit. Because the, we've been emphasizing a lot on the Holy Spirit being so sweet and so nice and He's just this wonderful person. Tonight, usually when I'm in this suit, it's, a, it's in the evening. It's a night of yonder or something like that. This morning, I want us to understand the ferocious side of the Holy Ghost. When I'm, when I'm, when I'm talking about the ferocious side, I don't even like saying Holy Spirit. I say the Holy Ghost. The fero- By the way, the difference between Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit is NIV and KJV. That's just the difference. Like, don't, don't, be, don't be swayed. Like, I've read some people saying, no, pastor, I've got the Holy Spirit, but now I also want the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I think the term Holy Spirit is probably more popular now because the word ghost is not so... We don't use that word a lot in our language. And we've got funny words for it. <laughs> Praise God. And so I want us to understand the ferocious side of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. The ferocious side of Him. Now, Numbers, chapter number 10. Let's look at verse 30. Let's start from verse 32 for context. But our main verse will be 34. And 35. We've all gotten a context now that the one who was behind the veil was the Spirit of God, right? And we've all now gotten the context that if we're talking about the ark, what was the ark of the presence in the Old Testament is now uh, in us in the New Testament because we are that tabernacle, right? Because of what Jesus did. Seeing as we have that established, let's read from the Old. Uh, Moses was trying to convince his father in law to go with them on the trip. Moses was one of those people who actually, he wanted his father-in-law with them. And the reason that he gave, if you read it, you may not be able to tell because Moses' father-in-law, we all know him as Jethro, but in the scriptures, he's first introduced to us as Ruel, right? Not so. And so in this context of this scripture, he's been referred to as Ruel. Notice, 
Now Moses said to Hobab, the son of Ruel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law. Okay? So he's trying to convince his relative to go with him. And he says, the reason why I wanted you to come with us is because you know the wilderness well and you'll be telling us where to be. You'll be our eyes. You'll be our guide. So as much as they had a strategic plan and even had somebody to be showing them this is how the wilderness operates, he did not leave that as the main thing. You may have a strategic plan for your life, a strategic plan for your investments, a strategic plan to buy that car and put in your piggy banks and stuff like that. How that I, I, I never understood that testimony. I don't know how. That, there was some multiplication there. It doesn't make sense. I had a piggy bank as well. <laughs> and I never used to give it two quarters. I, I tried, 50s, 20s. When I opened it, <laughs> what did I have? 700? <laughs> okay. 31 pin in a piggy bank. God. <laughs> that grace, I also believe for it. <laughs> That's wonderful. So, you may have your strategic plans. And I'm saying this because I'm one of those people who's for strategic plans. Everything I've studied leads me to have strategic plans. As in, sometimes I can get so obsessed with planning. I can want to plan minute by minute. Why are you guys over agreeing? <laughs> minute by minute. The only way Lastings was able to calm me down on my wedding. You know what he did? He came up with a strategic plan. Like literally, the plan was written 07, I'll be here. 0710, I'll be here. And then he was doing the checklist. So like within, I think within one hour, he was at he came to see me at the hotel, the bride's house. I don't know how many other places he touched, plus gospel, everywhere. That's the only way I was able to come down. Otherwise, I am for strategic plans. I don't know. Is there anyone else here who is for strategic plans? Like why you want to plan? Wait. Is there anybody else who also plans? Like you plan your day maybe? Or maybe you're writing a book and you plan, no matter how tired I'm feeling, I'll not go to bed until I reach this chapter. <laughs> or maybe you're doing your assignments. The plan is there. <laughs> okay, and, and you know for us, when we teach on planning, those in the leadership, you received the leadership document this week, right? For them during Holy Ghost week, they also received a 15-page document. To re- how many pages? Yeah, 15. To read, analyze, and send me a review within 14 days. And if you noticed, when it comes to planning, we use the W5H formula, right? The what, when, whom, where, why, how. So if you're just going to come to me and tell me, no, um, there'll be a bus for the conference. What? That's what you told me. You've not told me where you're hiring it from. Who hired it? What time it will arrive? Why we are hiring it? How we make sure it is full? What strategies we use? What's the backup plan just in case? That's how you achieve things, in case you didn't know. Now, you can have your... So Moses here secures his what, where, why, whom, why. By speaking... Actually, it wasn't Jethro he spoke to. He spoke to Jethro's son, right? Hobab. And maybe... Let me just show it to you, because this might be important for your life. <laughs> 
It says, we are setting out for the place which... Praise God. What verse was I in? 30. I pressed the wrong thing. He said, we are setting out for a place of which the Lord said, I will give to you. Come with us and we will treat you well for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. And he said to him, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and to my relatives. So Moses said, please do not leave. In as much as you know how we are to camp in the wilderness, you can be our eyes. Give me Amplified so that they understand. I just want you to see this. This, this will bless your life. NLT. It says, you know the places in the wilderness where we should come. Is somebody getting the picture here? Don't, guys, remember, where did Moses meet his wife from? From the wilderness. So where did these guys used to live? They, so they knew the wilderness well. So Moses is saying to the brother, to his wife, come be with us because we're supposed to be in the wilderness. You know the areas well. You know that if we come here, there is water. If you come this side, there is this. If you come this side, there is that. That's simply the picture. In short, he had a strategic plan. Was still in the giving back the New King James. So he had a strategic plan. So it's okay to plan. It's okay to put things in order. But he didn't end there. <laughs> Let's continue. And it shall be if you go with us, indeed it shall be whatever good the Lord will do to us, the same will do to you. That's literally business. Put off a big business deal for the children of Israel. Proper contract. So they departed from the mountain of the Lord on a journey of three days. And the ark of the covenant went before them. In short, God first. It wasn't even the guy who went in front. It was the ark of the covenant. For, to search out a resting place for them. <laughs> now the next verse. Despite all the strategic plans, there was a bigger strategic plan that Moses had. This is what he would do every day. And the cloud of the Lord was above them by day when they went out from the camp. So it was. Whenever the ark set out, give me the King James. Praise God. <laughs> you can have your you can do your studies, you can have your modules, you can have your business proposal, you can have all those things in place. Hey. But it came to pass, praise God, that Moses would say, Arise, O God. There's a version that uses the words arise. That's my favorite. Could be the amplified, but it's okay. We'll just say arise. Moses said, Arise, O God. <laughs> and let your enemies be scattered. Let them flee before you. That was the biggest strategy. The biggest strategy was that the ark was in front of them. And the cloud which is symbolic of the spirit of God. And Moses would pray, Arise, O God, and let your enemies scatter. Can you imagine what that would do in the spiritual realm? And in the evening, next verse. The evening one is a bit more calm. 
And when the ark was set down, he would say, Return, O Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. In short, the evening one was for fellowship. But the morning one, <laughs> that one was... That, that, that one wasn't fellowship. That one was, hey, the Holy Ghost, my super defense system. And he would say, arise, O oh God, let your enemies be scattered. In short, if anyone dared, if anyone dared, there was somebody who decided to hire a prophet to speak against the children of Israel. Not many verses after that. And I want you to see how the prophecy ended up being. Because this one was a prophet. So I want you to see how the prophecy ended up being. So go to Numbers 22. 23 actually. And I want you to see verse 8. So here is a prophet of God. And he's about to, he's been hired to curse the children of Israel. And then God arrests the moment and puts his own words. And the words, how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I condemn those whom God, the Lord, has not condemned? My friend, you're incursible. (laughs) And then, I want you to see another part. When you go over and read, he even does an offering and all that kind of stuff. Look at verse 19. They've assigned him to curse. But don't forget, Moses used to pray, Arise, O God. And look at verse 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie. No, the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken, will he not make it good? In short, God had already said what he had said about these people. He's not a man that he was going to change his mind simply because some person over there thought God's words over them should not come to pass. God has already spoken. There is no one who can convince him otherwise. I want you to understand that. And then look at verse 23. Look at what he ends up saying. He ends up saying this. He says, For there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. It now must be said of Jacob and of Israel, Oh, what God has done. It's no surprise that Moses would pray that way. And the Holy Spirit was their supernatural defense system. There could be no witchcraft against them. There could be no sorcery against them. Who could bewitch the Holy Ghost? No wonder he would pray, Arise, O God, let your enemies scatter. Not even like a retreat. Scatter. Like, pam, 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 pam. What am I trying to say? The presence of God was not just for enjoying, Oh Lord, we love you. The presence of God was also for divine protection. When you went into battle, it was about whose God do you serve. That's why they would carry a banner and they would say, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. That's the God we are serving. When they would be about to go for Jehovah El Gibor! And that's Jehovah, the man of war. And they would go into war. I want you to understand that the Holy Ghost is nice to us. 
My friend, even lions are nice to their children. <laughs> Just because you've seen a lion being nice to its child, doesn't mean you should also go give it a hug. I, I, I don't know if somebody is getting what I'm trying to say. Ladies and gentlemen, you have a supernatural defense system. A few verses. Can we just have a few verses? I want you to understand that the presence of God is terrible to the evil ones. The presence of God may be nice to us, but the presence of God is terrible to the evil ones. First Samuel 5. First Samuel 5. There's something I'm going to write in the Diamante of, uh, I think I already wrote it, it's either this week or the next. Um, And I was explaining on reverence for the Holy Spirit. And I explained something that happened some years ago. I got a message from a lady and she said, I really need to talk to you, you need to pray for me, I'm sorry. So I replied, sorry for what? And she explains that I had a dream. And in my dream, I saw a lot of people with congregations. And then I came to this man who was in a white suit. And when I reached him, I started laughing. And he looked at me and said, from this day forth you will have a headache until you repent. And then the person says, I had a habit of going to meetings and conferences, especially Pentecostal ones, to laugh. Because I just found it hilarious how people would be flying on the ground and rolling on the floor. And then he says, so I even forgot the dream, and I came to a meeting of yours called WEM. And at WEM, you called an altar call for those who were sick to come to the front. And she says, I came to the front, not because I was sick, I just wanted to be entertained. And she says, the moment you laid hands on me, I got a headache. It's never gone till today. Forgive me. I led them to Christ. I said, I forgive you in Jesus' name. The headache left immediately. I'm just saying, don't think as if the Holy Spirit can be bullied. Don't think as if the Holy Spirit can be intimidated. Why do you think we are not intimidated? Why do you think we are not intimidated if we are casting out devils and someone says, I'll kill you, I'll kill you. If I told you some of the experiences we've had, Alice, do you remember that one? Where the person got a knife and said, we're going to kill you now. Alice just walked and got it. I remember that one. I'm telling you. I can tell you story after story. I, I was with uh, Pastor Lastin, the forgotten who else. I think Natasha Mwansa, who we left in the car. And we went to confront, we went to confront a witch in Chongwe because we were troubling someone. And here was the funny thing. I've never experienced that before. It was strange. We had decided we were going on a Tuesday. And so, Monday, and 
he, the person who had arranged for that, they wanted us to pray for their father. And afterwards, they told us, however, the trouble is, there was somebody very close who was like a practicing witch, like, not, not those for hiding. Literally, he said, I've bewitched you. And when pastors would go there, they would live a certain way. And so we decided we would meet them both. And so when, the day before, the girl was approached by the woman. says, can you tell that small boyfriend not to come? I keep seeing him in a mirror saying he's coming. I was even more motivated. We started off. We first went to the other house to pray for uh, the gentleman. And when we were there, another person was sent. This side, she has said, don't you dare come. She's already outside with stones and she's also ready to beat you guys up and all those things. We said, we are going. <laughs> so we packed the car at a safe distance and I know you have to be cautious. <laughs> At that point, I had third-party insurance. So it was okay. <laughs> we parked the car at a safe distance and left the little girl in the car. And we walked under purse. And the person, it's like they were tied. We were just like this. Couldn't even look at us. Just like this, the whole time. What am I saying? The Holy Ghost is ferocious. He's our... In September, I had a very, very strange experience. So I went to bed very late. And somehow I couldn't sleep. I, I was in between sleeping and awake, but I remember I was singing a song the whole time. And I was singing, like in my spirit, I was singing, um, there's that song by Pastor Dr. Osagi. Have you heard it? So, so, and, uh, I was singing it. It's in Piding English. Jesus did do for me. And then suddenly I, I, I noticed somebody had entered. And I turned and said, hello. And next thing when you, I asked your feet and People are scampering. Five seconds later, I realized what was going on. <laughs> and later on, when I came to myself and saw the stuff and realized someone had entered the room with a brick in their hands and a halo scared them away and they all scampered. If someone comes in with a brick, then they are ready for a fight. What was in that halo? <laughs> what was there? These things are not just a story. I can tell you story after story. I've not even got. I've, I can tell you story after story. In 2011, we had an incident where I remember I was on a 30-day fast, and zero four. I hear my mother scream. And not being the man of the house. <laughs> I rushed to the kitchen. And I see these men armed. And 
somehow they've, they've already broken the door, but they're failing to open the grill door. And over there. And my mom approaches them, points at them, and starts mouth. And I am not joking. As a matter of fact, I am less dramatizing it. And so I got a cooking stick. And in half a second, I realized this voice casts out demons. And I followed them as well. And I started, And then, my sister slid into the kitchen. Like, and she ran in and slid like, Jesus! They looked like they had seen a ghost. You should have seen them. They looked like they had seen a ghost. They were terrified. And before we knew it, they ran away. Hold on. It doesn't end there. One of them made a mistake before running away. Before running away, one of them had hit my mother with a knife on the hand. When we had gone to the police, they had told us about them. They were a certain group and they were difficult to deal with. Apparently, they were using some form of witchcraft, so if you arrest them, they would escape. Say, so leave that to me. They were short. I didn't care. We reduced wickedness on earth. Praise God. Now this wickedness was reduced. Someone comes here, no, 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 you should have fished. Uh-uh. They touched the wrong person. That was the day I, I, I lived. So I can tell you story after story. But there is what is called the ferocious side of the spirit. There is a friend of mine, a man of God. I'll never forget. And he testifies of how the only thing he knew was, or should I say the only thing he paid attention to was, Oh Jesus, I love you. Lord, I love you, I love you. That's all he paid attention to. You know, as long as they just love on Jesus. And then he had a crazy experience. He found himself in a place and it was written a certain year. And the year that it was written was the year of his birth. And he saw this small bird. And then as years went by, it had grown. And then it came and pounced on him. And I was with him. I just noticed somebody's like... And when he got up from that, he realized the enemy was, was attacking his destiny. And it's like it had been tracking him. We've been given a mechanism for when the enemy does that. Listen, you can't live life as if there is no such thing called the evil day. You can't live life as if there is no enemy. Not everything goes by just loving the Lord and praising Him. Some things you need to confront with the ferocity of the Holy Ghost. That's how you take over towns. That's how you take over areas. 
No wonder the Bible calls us soldiers. And the Bible tells us we've got weapons of our warfare. Now, God has given us a solution for when the enemy rises up. And that's Isaiah 59 and verse 19. The man went on serious prayer. Hey, the way his destiny, the way things are unfolding in his life right now. Because the, thing, the, problem, the problem that the enemy did is this. When a thief is caught, it's not just what he wanted to steal. He pays back double. So, Isaiah 59 verse 19. It says, So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, what happens? The Spirit of the Lord will raise the standard against him. The Spirit of God is ferocious. And I just wanted to show you quickly. First... Samuel 5, right? 1 Samuel 5. I want you to see this and we close. The Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Uh Next verse. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it to the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. The presence of God has come in your life. And has been set next to HIV. It's been set next to asthma. It's been set. <laughs> okay. Next verse. And when the people of Ashdod arose in the morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set it in that place again. Maybe somebody here, the symptoms have come back. Okay. And when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the ground before the Lord. The head of Dagon and both the palms of its hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left of it. Therefore, neither the priests of Dagon nor any who came into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashton to this day. Now, hold on. That wasn't even his temple. How much more? What, what, what more will he do in your body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Somebody get this as a revelation. This thing can kill that cancer. This thing can kill that. It can, it can destroy that growth. This thing can destroy that HIV. I, I, I don't know if you're getting my point. Let's continue. But the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod. And he ravaged them and struck them with tumors, both Ashdod in its territory. And when the man of Ashdod saw how it was, they said, the ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is harsh towards us and dug on our God. They sent the ark somewhere else. And when they carried the ark of God away, Here's what happened. The hand of God was against the city with a very great destruction. So he struck the men of the city, both small and great, and tumors broke out on them. Therefore they sent the ark of God to Ekron. So it was as the ark of God came to Ekron, the Ekronites cried out, they've brought the ark of the God of Israel to us, to kill us and our people. The presence of God was not friendly to them. The presence of God was terrible to them. And they said, send away the ark of the God of Israel. Let it go back to its own place. So it does not kill us and our people. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city. And the hand of God was heavy there. And they put the ark on oxen. But somehow the oxen knew where to take it. Now listen. If you keep going on, 
you observe eventually the ark was brought to a house of a man named Obedido. Guess what happened in his house? The Lord blessed him. And in three months, the Lord blessed him such that the king got jealous and got the ark back. How long have you had the Holy Ghost? And for how long will he be there? Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm telling you is this. The Holy Spirit is not just there to comfort you on a bad day. He's ferocious. He's ferocious in nature. Final verse, Matthew 12, verse 28. I want you to see one of the first things the Holy Ghost does whenever it goes somewhere. It doesn't like intruders. Matthew 12, verse 28. Here's what the Bible says. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. When the kingdom of God comes, if it finds anybody else is ruling that place, what is it? Out. Don't need you here. Praise God. Praise God. Now, my aim of sharing this with you is you have to learn to engage this side of the Spirit. Moses learned how to engage by saying, Arise, O God, let your enemies cut. Learn to acknowledge that he's your defense. Because our defense is usually voice activated. You notice, even the weapons of our faith, most of them require some form of voice activation. With the heart one believes, with the mouth one confesses unto righteousness. It's voice activated. Praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, I know I've taken a bit longer than usual, but we needed this. So in a few minutes, first I'll ask, is there anyone else who's not saved? We had two people get saved earlier. Is there anybody here who's not born again? You will have to be born again today. You need the Holy Ghost to live in you. You need the Holy Spirit living in you. And for me, the most attractive thing about salvation is to actually have the Holy Spirit in you. And you become God's temple. You may be saying, but hey, the way I walk, the way I live my life, that's why the Holy Ghost comes. To direct you. To direct your path. Is there anyone here who wants to get born again today? I want you to say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord. And from today I'm born again. I sense the power of God all over you. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive Him. Receive Him. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Receive Him in the name of Jesus. Congratulations. Congrats. Tim, you know what to do. Now, everybody else, we literally have three minutes for this. I want everyone standing. I impart unto you some spiritual gift that you may be established. And what's going to happen now is we are going to switch levels of glory to another one. It's been unveiled before you that he is ferocious, that he defends you. 
We're going to activate our supernatural defense system. And anything that is standing as an enemy of your progress, whether it's a spirit of delay, whether it's in the physical or in the natural, whether it's just a person who's just decided, I won't sign this, may the Lord transfer them to somewhere else. Let somebody else come and sign it. I'm very serious about that. No, no. The body of Christ can be delayed because somebody just they want to sign. We serve the God who, the Bible doesn't just say he opens doors that no one can close. He also closes doors. And it says he lifts up one, pulls down another. If, okay, maybe this is not for everyone. I'm serious. If a rule will have to be changed for something to work in your favor, this is the time. At the count of three, engage, engage. Boko toko raba sakataka libiki sikiti. Raka sakataka labaha. Poroboko soko toko rebeke sikiti kidibi. Shabakataka labaka hai. Shabedebeke soko toko rebeke sikiti. Shabakataka labaka sotoko rabaha. Raka soko toko rebehes. Sapaka toko rebehes. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I take authority. If there is anyone in this place that's been afflicted or oppressed by a demonic spirit, I command that foul spirit, whether it be of sickness, whether it be of anything, let the people of God go. In the name of Jesus. If there's anyone who's been oppressed by that foul spirit, I command that foul spirit in the name of Jesus. Go. Go now. Ministers, have your eyes open. Have your eyes open. The ministers and the deacons, have your eyes open. Get out! Get out! In Jesus' name. Now, in the name of Jesus, I command any sickness, especially those that have been stubborn. I command them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Go! Go! That foul spirit of blindness, that deaf and dumb spirit, that, that spirit of infirmity, any foul spirit of immorality, any foul spirit of addiction, any foul spirit of delay, I command it in Jesus' name to go! In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. Hold on. Let's not have four, five people in one case. One minister, one usher. Stand. Now, in the name of Jesus, I stand with you. Anything in your path that is contending against you, I stand with you in Jesus' name. And we appear against it as a consuming fire, as a manifestation of the wrath and of the judgment of God. And we say, Arise, O God, let your enemies be scattered in the name of Jesus. Customers are flocking in, money is flocking in. Your influence grows in the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Anything in your path that the enemy has set, we raise the standard by the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. Now, finally, I just sense some empowerment in the name of Jesus. That which you've been desiring. Now, Holy Ghost, move in this place. Oh, yes. There is empowerment. Levels are increasing, dimensions are increasing. Dimensions are increasing. You are escalating. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Deacons, ministers, search around. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Even those who are watching online. Those watching online. There is someone named, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on please. I don't know if this person is online or in person, but they are part of our audience. They are named Belinda. There is someone I have to pray for named Belinda. If you are part of the online audience, type it now. If you are here physically, rush to the front but God has stopped me and told me I need to pray for someone named Belinda specifically I'll give it a minute type it online or if you are here present rush to the front but the name specifically is Belinda Korabasatakalabaha my team, make sure you are on the online pages. I know it. I know it for sure. I know it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, please. Just in case the person didn't hear me. Just to be sure that this is in person and not online. Ask her what, why she said. 
It's okay. Just be sure. If there is somebody here named Belinda, come to Just make your way up front. If the person is online, let them type in advance. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That word you gave me. That special package for Belinda. I release it now. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. We will hear that testimony right here. It's God. Now in Jesus' name, because of your faith, receive what is yours. Receive what is yours, your faith. Receive it. In Jesus' name. Praise God. How do we close such a service? How do we close such a service? Nothing compares to this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.